Special edition right here just for you. My friends, making decisions are not easy. Or the healthy relationships, your family, your life, your work, they're not easy at all. As a matter of fact, millions of people across the world are faced with these issues of concerns, mind-bottling, trying to keep their peace of mind. That is why tonight I have taken the liberty of inviting Ms. Danielle Duboc-Whiteman, Be International, Be Strong International, she is a parent educator, a community liaison, and she goes all around universities and middle schools and high schools across the world, South America, teaching our children and our parents emotional resiliency and how to keep fantastic relationships. She holds a master's in neuropsychology, also a degree in education from Western Case University. And you're not gonna believe this, but she is a leadership and coach strategist Graduated from Yale and Harvard Universities. Wow. That's all I can say about you, Danny. Wow, wow, wow. I know that you're a parent, Danny, and I know that you have been teaching relationships and how to get along with one another, dealing with trauma and everything else for over 15 years. We love you. We appreciate you, Danielle. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here with me tonight and all of our viewers, thousands of them. I am so excited. That that's like the best introduction I've ever received, <laughs> Rachel. You're like I'm you're excited. The you're the bomb. We first of all, I I am eternally grateful. I commend you for this amazing initiative that you're taking of interviewing different community leaders, bringing value to everyone that knows you or new people. And I just have to say this you know, before we even start, that one of my biggest inspirations throughout my career was you. Like oh. you've been one of my inspirations because the way you, you know, community outreach, I love community outreach, connecting people, and you're this amazing natural connector. So I'm just eternally grateful for you. I love the way you and your daughter get along. I admire you as a mother, as a leader, as a mentor, like you're incredible. So. Thank you. I'm, I'm eternally grateful to be here on this space with you. Thank you so much for those beautiful words. I know that my daughter, who's also a friend of yours, and she loves you and admires you, and she's been at Be Strong International many times. She's watching all the way from Israel. So big shout out to my daughter. Give her a big shout out, Danielle. Yeah. I love you. Definitely. Well, you know, you have been helping so many people in issues of morally compelling like like domestic violence and like relationships and a family issues and financial literacy. What triggered you in your life, Danielle, to wanna to help so many people, thousands of people? What happened? Talk to us. Okay. So that is pretty much how everything started. As a young, at a young age I started noticing like certain patterns, you know, within my family, I came from a very, I come from a very dysfunctional, extremely dysfunctional family where, you know, they, my parents wanted the best, but they just didn't know how. They didn't know how to get across certain things. So yes, they wanted the best education, but they didn't have this structure at home. So of course, uh, my brothers and I, came, you know, grew up in a very dysfunctional family. And throughout, you know, I was growing up, um, 
And yeah, let me interrupt you for a second because you keep on saying dysfunctional. I think most of us are a little bit dysfunctional. We just have to work with it. Go ahead. Right. So there's no such thing as perfect family. But right. then when you have a background where you have a history in your family where there's suicide, depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, or incarceration, it's like you're loading the gun, right? Which is like the recipe for disaster. And then whatever happens to you along the way, you're, you know, you're genetically predisposed to certain things, but then within your childhood, whatever events happen, and if there's, they're not treated right away, you know, there's, there's different types of trauma. So there's acute trauma if it happens one time, and then there's chronic if it happens all of a sudden, all over and over again, and you don't have anyone to speak to, no one sees you, no one validates you. So that is, that's where the complication comes. And that's where I would say that my family was extremely dysfunctional because we didn't have the resources to like move along. And there was a lot of uncertainty. There was no structure, no safety. And this is where um, kind of like love becomes a scarcity. So it was throughout my teenage years, you know, I was, uh, my, my dad was an alcoholic, he, you know, ended up, you know, dying pretty much of an overdose. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. But, but it was, but my dad and I, and I, and I love my dad. And how old were you, Danny, when, when he uh, passed away? I was, I was, I was really young. But in my, in my, in my, when my teenage years, he was already like doing really bad. The thing is that I had a lot of resentment because I always saw my friends like being picked up by their dads, having this amazing relationship with their dads. And, and I always resented like, well, my dad never picks me up. Well, my dad rather be high than just like be a supportive parent. So all these things kind of like made me have internal um, things against, um, you know, like, oh, my father, this, my, I, I had problems relating or trusting people. Right. And it was actually through my time that I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, which ironically, they were doing alcohol and other things, which I hated. I remember my dad's breath. Like I remember when I was younger, and sometimes my dad would show up and he was like fully intoxicated. And I remember his breath and I was like, oh, um, and one time I, I, I found like all these bottles behind my, my bed. And um, I'm like, mom, look, what, what is this? All these, you know, alcohol bottles, eran de, de aguardiente, right? Oh, aguardiente, that's heavy stuff. That was heavy. And <laughs> it was like heavy, heavy, yeah. and my mom went crazy. So she wants, she goes to confront him, confront him. He's extremely, you know, drunk and he goes off on my mom. So I remember- Did he ever hit her? Did he ever physically abuse her? Yes, there were times only when he was under the influence, he would get like that. If not, he was extremely passive. So this was what that uncertainty, like, oh my God, should we confront? Should we say, everything became like that. But it was through my, oh, my teenage years, where he was already, my mom had left him, we were not with him. And I remember that I met this coach when I was a teenager and this guy was like an interrupter to many things that were happening. And he's like, you have to, you have a lot of things going on. You have a lot of trust issues, but you can actually build safe relationships. It's okay if you have a trauma here, but not all men are the same. You can actually build good friendships because not all friendships, blah, blah. And he starts teaching me all these things and I'm like, oh my God. So I having you feel that you were getting some kind of direction from him. Yes. You know, all these different various negative stimuli that you were exposed to at an early life, and all of a sudden he comes like a beam of hope if you will. Right, right. It was like a safe mentorship. And because I because of the thing that my mom was so she was like a single mom with three kids, my dad wasn't present. My mom was always working, working, working. So I was sexually molested when I was 
you know, very young by a family member that my mom trusted. So of course I had all these avoidance issues of trusting. And it was until this happened that I started noticing, wait a second, my pain, he's like, you have a lot to give to others if you can share your stories. So he tells me, come and help me give food to these people that are in need. So I start helping him out. And I'm like, oh my God, these people are actually, like, these kids are actually suffering. Like what I've been through is really bad, but what they've been through, what they're going through is really bad. And then he's like, you can share your stories with them because maybe that relates you to them, even though you're in different socioeconomic positions, but because you've been through domestic violence, they've been through domestic. So I was like, oh So right God. there is something just triggered in your mind that, wow, maybe I can change. Maybe I can help others. Yes. Well, and that's where... That's where I noticed like my pain can become my purpose and my mess is my message. So wow. I, 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 don't say so fast. What did you say? Say it again. That was an interesting statement. That was a deep statement actually. Say it again. So your pain can become your purpose and your mess can become your message, mm -hmm. right? Because the narrative, whatever happens, we don't choose our name. We don't choose our parents. We don't choose many things. Your we don't children. choose our family either. We don't choose a lot of things. We're into it. Right. So, as we go on, we can learn and get different tools and then change the narrative, not to be in denial, do our trauma work. We have to do our trauma work, but then get the necessary tools so that we can actually break the pattern, break the suffering. If you're the first one in your generation that actually went to college, good. If you're the first one in your generation that actually bought a house, great. But if you're the first one in your generation that actually breaks the curse or a generation or a pattern of suffering, then you are doing amazing things to the humanity. And that's what I decided to do. I'm like, and you're breaking, you're breaking that barrier. It's almost like a transitional character, a transitional right? Character. Isn't that what it's defined as that? So that you're getting out of the, the hole that you've been, you know, the dysfunctional family that you've had, and you don't want to continue that negative pattern into your own family or your future generations with your right. kids. So that's right. beautiful. So Danny, let me ask you this. In the midst of COVID-19, with massive world our entire world wanting to effectuate positive change and rightfully so because we need to do it we need to do it individually and collectively and to top that off massive unemployment yes in april we had a 14.7 unemployment rate now we're at 11.1 thank god it's going down but nevertheless it's still high and those individuals that fall into the 11.1 percent they are feeling it hmm. is there a particular beam of hope the fact that you are a motivational speaker as well, that you also have a degree in mindfulness from Spain. What could you tell all of our viewers tonight with regards to a beam of hope in the midst of this entire mess, if you will? Right. So that's an uh, that's an extremely sad statistic. And I was just hearing Dr. Daniel Amen say, as a psychiatrist, saying that now during COVID, for every percent of unemployment that goes up, then 3.3% of opioid usage goes up. So that means there is an anxiety, there is depression, there is all these things that are going up. Of course, we also see the, the bright side. We've seen families get together. We've seen some parents say, you know what? I needed this disruption to pause and rethink my life and my priorities. But then we also see people losing jobs. And, 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 so, and, and we have to understand that the fabric of this country and more for Hispanics, I would say, it's like since we're coming from scarcity from Latin America, we think like being prosperous and having and getting and having jobs is like part of our DNA and, and that's part of our our worth pretty much. So when someone says, 
I'm sorry, you're laid off. It's like we're literally, it's like if they cut off, a, you know. It's devastating. It's, it's devastating. devastating. It's like a divorce or death. I mean, it, it really gets to you. Right. So there's, so there's, this is, this is what I think. I think sometimes, and this is something I, we teach at Be Strong International. Which is, we teach, we, we connect with kids in middle school and high school. And one of the things that we teach is emotional resilience because the, to be honest, if there's anything promised in this life is problems and challenges. If there's anything promised in this life is death. And sometimes we don't get prepared. It's like when hurricanes come to Miami, we cannot prepare once the hurricane is hitting. We have to prepare before. That's the resilience project that we do. We exactly. prepare. We have to we need shutters. We need food. We need this. We need to prepare as a city. Sea level rises. We need to do have plans short term, medium term, and then long term. That's what we have to do. And in our personal lives, we have to understand that of course we cannot deny it, you know, that this is a traumatic episode. If parents are being, you know, if there's a lot of what I work a lot with parents and the number one complaint is other than my kids are driving me crazy. Um, the first complaint is I cannot, I cannot come to an agreement with my spouse. Like I want to like, I, and I, I understand it. I get it. Relationships are one of the hardest. If there's something hard in this life, two things that we're not taught is finance and relationships. There's an art and science to it. And it's, hard because whatever trauma you have you can either be anxious with relationship you can be avoidant you can have control issues all that stuff that, that those things you have to look you know we have to look into them and then try to see and comprehend be graceful and understand our ourselves i, I want to add something that you're saying to danielle which burned into my mind as we speak and i'm thinking what you're saying and i'm internalizing what you're saying i'm sure that a lot of viewers are also internalizing you know we go through all this trauma but sometimes when we go through all these trauma and these unexpected situations, if you will, like what's happening now, okay, we can come out even better than before. New ideas can flourish, new careers can flourish, better happenings, better beginnings. So I don't want our viewers to think that because we're going through so much negativity now that we're going to stay in this negativity. Yeah. We're going to grow out of it. COVID-19, my friends, is not going to be forever. We shall overcome. This yeah. too shall pass. And yeah. we will get back to some kind of sense of normalcy. Yeah. What do you have to say about that? Yes, I think that, Rachel, you, you just said it spot on, like prophetically. Yes, we are going to eventually come out stronger. Of course, we're vulnerable, we're hurting. And it's not the same to say this as an employed person or to say this when, you know, I have a mom that is dying from COVID. You, you know, it. The life is so vulnerable. And what I have to say is always we have to think about perspective. This could be worse. So I always think whenever I complain or just feel uncertain about something, I say, this could be worse in a way where so I start using perspective in a way where it's like, okay, gratitude. So I'm thankful for the things that I have. This could be worse. Like if I was in another third world country, maybe this could probably be taking differently. Thank God I have access to resources, certain resources. Exactly. There are many positive things. There yes. are many positive things that we have to thank God for. Let's take a small break. I want to say thank you to all our advertisers. I'd like to begin with Jose Milton Foundation, Miss Anna Vega Milton. We love you very much. Our philanthropists here in Miami-Dade County. Thank you for your research. Thank you for loving healthcare so much, education, 
for being part of our world, for helping us make this world a better place for all of us. We love you, Anna Baker Milton. Next, Jackson Health Foundation, the 501c3 arm fundraiser of the Jackson Health System. And all of you know that Jackson Health System is an unbelievable hospital system. People from all over the world go to Jackson. They visit Jackson because they know that they're going to have the best doctors there. So Jackson Health Foundation, thank you so much for raising a lot of funds so they can get the PPE equipment, they can get the medical supplies, they get the right information and the right stuff for the, for the patients. We love you, Jackson Health Foundation. We have next Mr. Mike Benaval, who's a local and international attorney that we love very much, very much into domestic violence. He is running now for a Miami-Dade County judge. We, we, we really are with you. We love you, Mike. Thank you for you know loving our family so much. Thank you for being there for the community. No matter where I go, you're always there. Local and international lawyer, Mr. Mike Mirabel. Next, we have Mr. Survivor's Pathway himself, Dr. Francesco Dubelli, who's the president and CEO of Survivor's Pathway. Sexual assault, my friends, domestic violence, human trafficking, the LGBTQI community, great community, always trying to help our marginalized populations. Thank you, Francesco Dubelli. We love you too. Next, we have Joe Perkins. Joe Perkins is running from Miami-Dade County Circuit Court Judge, Circuit Judge, and he is a graduate from Boston University. He has a lot of experience in litigation and business disputes. He stands for inclusion, diversity, integrity. Best of luck to you, Joe Perkins, running for Circuit Judge. Next, we have the law office of Nicole Alvarez, where her specialties are family, immigration, criminal defense, I want to thank you for joining our amazing, illustrious list of advertisers, Nicole. We're going to have you here on the show as well. Keep up the great work. And you never know, my friends, if you need a great attorney, there you go, Nicole Alvarez. And last but certainly not least, United Home Care, taking care of adult populations at home. Why? Because staying at home and being at home is the best place to be. Thank you so much to all our advertisers. Mwah. We really appreciate you. Okay, Danny, back to you. Let's talk a little bit about the programs that Be Strong International, you at the forefront. Of course, I want to give a big shout out to Ms. Michelle Shirley, who's your executive director, who's doing a fantastic job with your team. Let's bring up your, your Project Hope program, where you deal with, first, I'd like to begin with financial literacy. What are some of the principles that you teach your parents and youth when it comes to financial literacy? Okay, so uh, and by the way, I want to make a because you're one of your sponsors. Um, I want to say my my uh, talking about being help, uh, thankful. My uh, best friend, her her dad was in Colombia, almost dying of COVID in the hospital. He got transferred to Jackson. Immediate best care ever. Like she, her dad was out probably like in four days. He was doing perfect. She was like Danielle. I I don't have words to be thankful because I saw the two different treatments and the way that he was taking care of. I totally believe it, Danny. So on that, let's give a big shout out to Carlos Migoya, the president and CEO, Charmaine, Yolanda, Flavia, the whole team, the whole team, you know, just doing a fantastic job. But I want to thank you for sharing that story, Danny, because it's true. Jackson Health Systems is one of the best hospitals, if not the best in the nation. Thank you for that, Danny. Yes. Now, um, so so Be Strong International, what we do, we've been around for 29 to 30 years, and Project Hope is 
basically we go to the middle schools and we go through um, high schools through PE. In certain schools, we're about to 30 to 40 schools in Miami-Dade County Public Schools and some schools in Broward. And what we do is that we teach healthy relationship education. Good. And we also pair it at the end with um, financial literacy, career and educational success, group mentoring, and so on. So it's Good. a holistic component. We need that. We need that. Now, when I think about financial literacy, and correct me if I'm wrong, I keep on thinking about my beautiful daughter, and I know she's watching, like I said earlier, all the way from Israel. You know, when our kids are growing up, Danny, they love to spend money. They love to go to the mall and buy these expensive purses and these beautiful heels that are about this tall, and I can't even walk on them, and you're wondering why they're spending all kinds of money on, on these heels and on these purses. And so at a very early age, Danny, I tried to show my daughter I said to her, Mama, you see how hard your mother works for the money. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, once in a while you could treat yourself with something as expensive as that, but you have to make sure that you're covering anything else that you really, really need. So at a very early age, and I have to thank my mother, Rosetta Turgeman, may she rest in peace, and of course my, my mentor, my sister, Fanny Elias, who taught me that we have to have the value of money. We cannot spend more than we make. Talk to me about that. That's a powerful statement. When we, when, and, and let me tell you something. The context of a teenager right now is so, so difficult, like compared to maybe 20 years ago, because kids are being constantly bombarded. I mean, the, the time they spend on Instagram and like, it's all consumption, right? And because we have access to credit cards and, you know, so it's like a lot of kids live in the mentality of like, oh, I have to buy this, I have to buy that to prove someone wrong because I want to show that I win or that I won or whatever. And it's all really empty. And what we're, they're creating is these little zombie um, consumers, right? So we have to understand the, the root issue. Of course, they're being bombarded. They're spending a lot of time, but they want to buy this. I mean, shopping brings dopamine. So you need like the dopamine is like a short term happiness, right? But studies show that it's actually serotonin, which is a long-term neurochemical that makes you feel long-term happiness, right. is what really matters. So for example, saving money and then seeing that you're saving after month and month and you actually purchase something that you save increases high levels of serotonin. Now, if you buy something short-term, dopamine, but then it fades away. And then you look for another cycle of like, when, what, what, what I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy next. Right, many of our kids are shopaholics. Yes. You know, and someday they're going to grow up. You know, they're going to get married. They're going to have children. And, you know, unless we control our children with suspend these free, we can go into debt. And yes. you know how that is. Yes. So we have to teach our kids. So when you talk to your children and our youth, what, what message do you zoom into them? So one of the one of the activities that I love the most that we do is the financial literacy portion at Be Strong. So we come in to the classrooms and we set up like a mall and we do we have like in one corner we have a shopping center with like Victoria's Secret and Abercrombie and all these uh really cool stuff to shop and then we have the movie theaters and then we have in another uh we have the the, uh, the dealership like autos like cars all the really cool stuff you have everything that they love <laughs> we have all these options and guess what so we tell them okay you have to pick a card and in the card they they take it out of luck and then the card it's whatever their profession, their salary, if they're married, divorced, single, with kids, with no kids, whatever. So it's like a love card and they choose it 
And then they're like, oh no, wait. So my profession, I'm a computer, whatever, data scientist, whatever. Uh, this is my salary and I have two kids, but I'm divorced. Okay. So then you have to think, well, I have to pay, you know, childcare. Right. And then there's like one section for childcare. Well, childcare. Depending, depending on your salary and you have an expense. So they start choosing. Right. And everyone has a different like role and, and you know, salary. So the crazy thing is that at the beginning of the peak of the presentation, they're all super excited. And this is all like, this is all staged, but they're like, Oh, I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go shopping. Okay. So I'm going to get all oh, the car. I'm going to get the best car. And, and we're like, so we coach them along the, so you're going to get a Corvette, but then you have three kids. So you, you might want to buy an SUV. Oh, but yeah. So you have to, Oh no, but I can't buy a new SUV. So maybe you can buy a used one because of your salary. Right. And then they start choosing the so you give them like a reality check. You're giving them all a reality check. That's what we need to do. Listen, we've had Rachel crying at the end because they're negative 200, negative 500. They're like, this is so bad. And you know what they say at the end? Because we have testimonials at the end. You know what? They, they come up crying. I believe uh, we, it. Have, we, uh, we cry with them. We've had a kid say, my mom is a single mom. And I usually ask her for Jordans. And I don't, I've been so incredibly selfish because I don't know what she has to go through. And I, and I did this exercise not knowing what I was going to face. And today I'm going to go to my mom and say, thank you. Wow. Right? We like, oh, because we think that that's the whole point for them you to be great. Reflect. You make them reflect. And then they understand that they're in the wrong. And then they go yeah. back and they say, I'm sorry. That's beautiful. Yeah. And That's not, only that, not only that, Rachel, they also take self-agency because many times they don't teach us that you can, you're the actual captain of the boat. Like you take your finances, you plan ahead. What type of finances do you want? Who do you want to be with? Also, where, when do you want to start planning a family? Because that, that relationships and finance, you have the agency. You can be like, Oh, whatever. If I get pregnant at whatever at 18, whatever, it just happened. Or whatever. If I get a credit card and I don't take care of it, and I, I'll just go bankrupt. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, Absolutely. So you have to teach them to take agency. Well, that's great. That's fun. That's financial literacy. And I want to talk a little bit about the the emotional um, interaction, if you will, and 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 when you're talking about somebody and you're, or about something and you're interacting and you're fighting, you have an altercation. You know, what do you talk about when you deal with effective communication, the body language, what comes out of your mouth, and how does it escalate to something really, really bad? How should we be talking to one another? How should we be communicating with one another, Danny? Right. So that's a great question. And I know there's different modalities to this. Yes. Um, and what I think, you like? Right. So I think, um, you know, there's a general construction like, are you a passive communicator? Are you active? Are you aggressive? And I think that at the end of the day, we all have a mix of everything and yeah. it depends on whatever triggers you. So for example, if in my history of um, trauma, I was sensitive and I had a mom that was extremely, you know, he would, she would criticize me too much. Then right. every time I'm in an atmosphere where I feel that I'm being criticized, I'm going to feel as a threat. And then I'm going to be like on defense. And if, and then it starts escalating. It's just a matter of escalation because I see you as a threat. My nervous system, it's more of having awareness of your nervous system. It's like what triggers me to be like, you know, and to misinterpret. So sometimes. You're saying, let me interrupt you for a second. So what you're saying is with the triggers, that could be like what buttons are sensitive for you? Who's pushing your buttons? Right. Whoever you give 
a lot of importance and whatever in your childhood. So for example, if you were, um, if you feel like I'm gonna be abandoned and um, because you were in your history, there was abandonment, your dad or your boyfriend or your ex-husband. Right, so that's behind your mind, that's right there, your psyche. Right. It's right there. And let's say that even though if you've done the trauma work or even though if you're aware, if you're not aware that your nervous system, we, we cannot, like every time I feel, for example, that my heart starts like, and I feel that I have to be in tune and give grace to my body because what I, my nervous system is just trying to protect me. And what I question is, why am I being triggered? Why she is not a threat? Because the thing with the nervous system is, it's like having a bear, right? Uh, if, if you're in the jungle and, and a bear comes to you or in the forest, and a bear comes to you or a tiger comes to you and attacks you, you have to either fight, flight, freeze, or faint. Exactly. But you, have to take a, you have to take an action because your amygdala goes on, you know, hijacked and you have to, it's survival. So our nervous system sometimes is created for survival, not for quality of life. And sometimes we might interpret uh, uh, discussions as a you're a threat to me and we think that other people are tigers when in fact they're just humans that have another type of history exactly happen to have be to, like, put it together and analyze it and try to understand and one of the modalities that I like Danny is like if you're talking to somebody whether it's a parent a sister a brother a friend a colleague at work okay to any of our viewers that are watching us today and you don't agree at something or they're nasty or they say something that hurts you, you could say, you know, when you say this, I feel this way. You know, to bring that empathy, to bring in that compassion, if you will, yes. into the relationship, into the conversation, so that you can meet halfway and understand how you feel and that you understand how the other person feels. Yes. This way you can remain friends or you can have a good, healthy relationship with your parents or your siblings. Yes, and and I think, and that's a great point when you open up like, this is how I feel instead of like, well, this is how it is and not under my yeah. Now, this is something I always tell with parents because I, I, I speak a lot with parents, I connect a lot with parents that have teenagers. And a lot of times respect brings escalation. And I, I don't want you to, I don't want anyone to misinterpret this, but when you say you better respect me, when right. we use respect, and then I interpret anything as a disrespect, then that's going to demand, I'm going to take it personal, and then I'm going to start raising my voice. And it comes, you know, it grows in intensity. That's an interesting concept. I like what you're saying. Because a lot of parents will say that. You better respect me. Then, then you go into this offensive. And I'm sure that a lot of our viewers have experienced that with their children. So yeah. I would have to advocate for more communication, more in the field. When you do this, I feel this. When, when I do this, I, now you're telling me how you feel. More of connecting with one another. Moving right along, because I know that we're running a little bit of time. There's so much I want to cover with you, Danny. Moving right along, I want to touch a little bit about careers and education. I just want all our viewers to know, especially the millennials, and I know that we have many millennials watching us as well. If you just go to high school, my friends, and now I'm talking to all the viewers uh, that are millennials. If you just go to high school and decide that you don't want to get a higher educational institution certificate or degree, then you are in the wrong and Rachel Turkman, an on-point Rachel Turkman with Danny Dubar-Whatman are here to tell you that you need to go to college. You need to graduate from university or get some kind of certification. I don't care if you want to be a doctor, an architect, an engineer, a baker, a mechanic, whatever you choose, you have to get something, some kind of degree. Why? 
because statistics are showing us, Danny, I know you know this, that those that do not have a college degree make $32,000 less, my friends, than those individuals that do get a college degree. So my message to all our viewers that are millennials, and I know there's many of them, please get your degree. What is it, Danny, that you teach at the, at the Be Strong International, along with Shirley, Michelle Shirley, and your entire team? What is it that you teach them when it comes to this education? So um, one of the things, by the way, before before we go to that one, because I wanted to just give a tip on the parenting, what we were talking about, before, yes. is when we actually speak to our teenagers or our kids, we never actually screaming the elevation. Every time we elevate our voice, it's like our IQ, our IQ and our respect level goes down. So it's actually the opposite. So what you do is you don't dis you don't engage with anything disrespectful. You just show. Don't do not tell. Just show. So okay, it's okay. So then you keep your word. So then the Xbox has to go. Period. Oh, but what? It you just leave. You don't. You don't discuss. You just do. That's the way you show consistency. It's not authority. Your authority is not by the level of your voice, but more on the consistent. How consistent and congruent you are. Would you identify that, uh, Danny, as tough love? Maybe. Yes. I mean, a, a way, teenagers, kids need safety. Safety boundaries. Boundaries mm -hmm. are. So I, I'm all. Of course, I'm all, all against parents abusing kids. Of, of, we're not discussing that. But it is so hard because I see the opposite. I see parents feeling guilty of not spending enough time. So then they're like, you know what? Just do whatever. I don't care. And this is. Uh, yeah, I got you. This just. And at the end of the day, attachment. We can't let our guards down. We have to, as parents, we have our role to play. Yes, attachment, attachment for us, for the world. Yes, yes, attachment is greater than love. Attachment, attachment is more powerful than I love you every day. Than saying I love you. Attachment is sitting at the table and having that little breakfast. Attachment is sitting and laughing and watching a video together. You think that's YouTube video is going to show you stupid? Oh my God, here he comes again. Oh, okay, you laugh a little because you have to find whatever is valuable to him and share that. Netflix show with him, that's okay. That is attachment and that is bonding. And because of lack of time, we're losing bonding. And without bonding, there's no safe relationship. But anyways, going back to the career and educational success. Uh, one of the things- Wow, that was a mouthful. That was excellent. Thank you. <laughs> no, because I'm like, I know we're short of time. But one of the things, and I think it's, it's brilliant that you're bringing it up because a lot of teenagers now are like, well, I don't want to study because college education, yes, I understand. Loans are crazy. Debt is crazy. But I do tell you this. The diploma itself is not, it was just a piece of paper. You know what? It is a, just a piece of paper, but you know what it shows? There's an underlying theme to it, and the secret is commitment. Mm -hmm. Because when a married person goes to an interview and he has a ring, there's a chance you're, you're, you're showing something to that boss, which is, I'm committed. And there's an underlying message. The diploma is the same. I, I committed for four years going and waking up and attending this that commitment. And commitment is behavior is communication. And you're showing something that is a valuable asset uh, for any you know job or whatever. Commitment is, is, is an amazing skill set that we all have to develop. So just by showing that I committed is powerful. The and second, we're talking about the money, Danny. We're talking about $32,000 more. My God. Please, That's please, like, Some people don't even make $32,000 to make less than money. You can't go against the numbers. And then now the second thing, which is in, extremely imperative for kids to know nowadays, is artificial intelligence is really not artificial. It's very real, and it's really not intelligent. 
it is just tasks. It's just robots that are designed to do tasks. So guess what? Cashiers, they're going to be replaced. Anything that does not require creativity or solving problems, everything is going to be replaced. So we have to think, how can I solve interesting problems? And you have to train your brain and get educated. So fields of psychology, things of um, you know engineering, but with a social responsibility component, that's going to be so needed. So you can't just like, oh, I'm just going to whatever. I'll just whatever, get whatever job. And if you say, well, I'll just live off the government. Well, I know a lot of teens that this government so you don't want to be living off the government they don't right? want to do that right so it's better to actually the, i think the best thing is not even the degree or the certificate is the love of learning if you develop the love of learning because it's a muscle it never stops we should never stop learning it should always be a constant we are always it's so rewarding when we're learning constantly let me interrupt you i want to go to the next subject matter we're gonna have to bring you back but i still want to cover a few more subjects yeah. risky behaviors danny Hmm. Parents wanting to have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with their children on risky behaviors. What am I talking about? Intimate relations. You know, when should you have that conversation with our children? You know, thank God I had it with my child. My mother had it with me about the birds and the bees. You know, uh, having uh, intimate relations at a very early age. What is it that you teach the parents how to connect with our children so that the children connect with the parent and understand where we as adults and as, and as parents are coming from? Right. So, you know what? It's a crazy because when we go to high schools and we tell them like, hey, guys, not everyone, because we, we ask them, what do you, I mean, is everyone sexually active? They're like, oh, yeah, in the school, like everyone. And it's actually it's lower a lower number than they think it's probably 30 to 40 percent of the not 90 percent of the high schoolers but when we talk to parents we're like um you know that 30 to 40 percent of high schoolers are, they're like what no 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 they're like in denial they're like no no, no. Denial. that's not no, good they, they no like maybe my daughter's friend because she's a little like crazy, but my daughter never. I heard that before. <laughs> yes. Oh my daughter with it because I always check her phone. I'm like, girl, there's apps for for, for like to to control like whatever your parents see. And I think that we have to teach our kids to tell us anything and everything, no matter what. Even right. if we get upset momentarily or for a little bit, we rather know the truth than not know the truth at all. Go ahead. What we right. say? So, so one of the things that we teach parents is start as early as eight years old, yeah. where you can talk about these things about relationships in a very open way. Humor is extremely important because kids catch on judge, judgmental sentences. So whenever we say, I don't like that, or let's say you're uh, let's, you're in the car and he puts reggaeton or she puts reggaeton and you're like, oh, what a horrible music, definitely. In my times, we would never, it's horrible. Take, take that off. It would have been horrible music. Maybe for you, it is horrible. But for him, that's the coolest beat there is. And he's not taking the, those lyrics, uh, you know. And I understand, though, these lyrics can go, like, it's like audio porn, right? And, and you, they could be more blatant than anything. Oh, some of these songs are horrible. I sure. know. But the beat is sick and you have to understand that it's really cool. So sometimes sometimes it's not like you're going to lie and be like, oh, what a beautiful song just to please your teenager. You can no. say, wow, wait, what do you think about, oh, did he just say this? Oh, snap, did he just say, what do you think about that? And then you open a conversation. But then there's like, you know, you know, Bobby, I think that it's nice that we always respect women. What do you think about this? What do you think? Of, and then he's like, he has, he starts developing critical thinking skills. So it's better to ask 
to then actually preach. So I think I think the sex topic is more like asking and actually sharing stories from our teenage years. Like, oh my God, the first time when I was this, this happened to me and I got this uh, person telling me this. And that way it's like, oh, for real? Like my mom is opening up to me. Then I could actually- You know, what, you know what I'd like to summarize what you're saying right now, Danny, is what my mentor, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. always taught us through his cabinet. You know, that you have to have a teachable moment. Take a negative, turn it around, and use it as a teachable moment. And that's what you're saying. You know, you're hearing these horrible songs on the radio, on the television, wherever. You know, take that. Take that opportunity to teach your child something positive. Make something positive out of some negative information coming to you. Okay, so about the birds and the bees, what is that Be Strong International is advocating to wait longer before you engage in intimate relationships talk to us so that's one of the things i mean there's there's a whole different component like it's it's not just like oh just use a condom because of course at the end of the day of course if you're gonna do it the, please do it safely and responsibly but at the end of the day we want to make sure that the teenagers are taking a holistic approach and like there's no pressure and i don't have to do this like i don't have to smoke this thing if really I know that it's not going to be probably the optimal or the best outcome. Um, I am being pressured and there's no consent for me to actually sleep with this person. I'm being forced to, like he's pressuring me to send these nudes, but I don't, or like sometimes between men, a lot of like in the Hispanic and the African-American community, you see in the culture that they have to prove themselves to not be gay because being gay is the worst thing ever. So they have to prove their manhood by actually, you know, showing that they're you know, that they have game with different girls. I'm so thrilled that you and I are a part of diversity. We, you know, we're part of inclusiveness. You know, there's such a blessing, you know, yes. to be like us, Danny, that we believe in togetherness and we're all created equal no matter what. Yes. Get, getting into, I wanted to cover so many things. Let's move on. And like I said, we need to invite you again, but let's move on to, to relationships. What are some of the key factors that you would find and that you teach your parents or youth and your children about positive relationships what are some of the key factors that exist in a positive relationship and then we'll move on to toxic relationship just in a nutshell so anything positive would would be just having that safe attachment and having that open conversation where i know that i can speak to my mom or my dad or my stepdad or stepmom about this certain thing and actually i don't have to look for connection elsewhere because let me move you from a parent to children relationship let me move you from that Okay. And let me bring you into a a uh, a child, maybe not a child, a youth, an adolescent, a teenager, maybe. Okay, with a relationship, boy, girl, girl, boy, girl, girl, boy, boy, a relationship. And what would you describe as as key factors in a positive relationship? I mean, what should be balancing uh, one another, respect? Talk to us. So, for example, one of the key issues is going slow. One of the biggest things that counselors talk about toxic relationships, either in divorce or uh, young adults or teenagers is, oh, we, we just went too fast. So that's one of the things of toxic relationships going fast when it feels kind of pressured and kind of like, but actually going slow and being paced is the word. Being paced is one of the characteristics of a positive relationship when there's no like, Okay, hurry. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you respond? It's like that. I respect your space. And I love that we can have like, we're interdependent. We're not here. We're not here. We can just be like here. 
and exactly. and we're okay with that. Give so, some space to one another. Yes, yes. Because you have to respect for one another. You have to trust for one another. You're not cheating on one another. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're not looking at each When you have that um, capacity of like, for example, each one has a you know, for example, let's say that, for example, when I met my husband, when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, we were, we were like kind of like dating. And I remember I was helping at a foundation in Colombia, like work, working with, you know, inner city, well, kids that were like victims of guerrilla warfare. And then Herman had his own thing going on. And then we were like working together with the kids. And it was a beautiful experience because we both, so compatibility mm -hmm. is much more important than chemistry is much deeper and and that has to be that because that's that's something that is very very interesting because the, the today's youth they're always you know looking for that chemistry and that passion and that fire but that also goes away i'd rather have a slow burning furnace than to have it like this all this fire and then it's gonna die like this boom so you know i'd rather ha have it go slowly forever what do you think about that so yeah of course I, it's just like sometimes our teenagers are really lonely so they're more they're more in love with the idea of falling in love and having someone than the person itself. So they they kind of like lie themselves into like liking this person and then sometimes they're just looking for connection. And they treat a person as a drug because at the end of the day, the opposite of addiction is connection. So sometimes we have like codependency is you want to be wanted. And that's where the whole like, I'm using this person as a drug and then that person, and there's that when it starts getting toxic. And I think these conversations, like we, we work along with One Love Foundation, an amazing foundation that speaks about um, teen dating violence, because you want to start early on to, to teach young men and young girls about how, how bad it can get. And if you don't see the early signs, it's very hard later on. I lost my cousin, uh, she was a pre-med student, extremely i mean i'm telling like honor roll student a beautiful girl at 21 years old her you know she was, was, was yes so, oh, so sorry the way, the way she died like the way she died and everyone saw signs and we told we told her you know be please be careful and when when it happened when i get the call and we were like devastated and this is a person that i used to like she was my little cousin so i saw her grow up and she had amazing plans for her future. And to see this, she was not that she, her IQ, it was not that she didn't have comprehend, uh, you know, she was not smart. She was smart, she had gold. It's just no one taught her because of whatever things that had happened in her past, what was a safe relationship because she was, it wasn't modeled to her. So I'm she so was a toxic relationship. This fueled me to start even more the conversation on teen dating violence. Very important. And on that note, of course, you heard that one of our advertisers is Survivors Pathway, Dr. Pierzo Dobrelli. Any of our viewers are involved in a toxic relationship or domestic violence relationship, please get a hold of Dr. Francisco Dubrelli. We also have Yvonne Mesa, which you know, Danny, from the powerhouse as well. CVAC, a coordinated victim assistance program, you know, helping to visit domestic violence entre nosotras, Mercedes Becerra, Cate Castellano. There's so many people helping. Unfortunately, Danny, we definitely gonna have to invite you back. We're running out of time. I wanna thank you, Be Strong International, parent educator, community liaison. I wanna thank you so much, Danny, for all of your time. Uh, you. You're building a better world for all of us. Is there a last minute message that you would like to leave with all our viewers tonight? 
I just want to thank you for doing this and for bringing like relevant topics to the community. And I just encourage everyone that is listening to educate themselves. Like for example, parenting, there's the one thing that we don't get enough um, information and I'm not shaming and we just all can evolve and, and, and progress. Like it's all about practice, making progress, not perfection. We don't want to be perfect parents. We just want to be able to connect better and to heal and create, be a transitional character, uh, you know, for our, for our generation to come. So this, Thank you, Rachel, for, for creating this space and for making these topics relevant. Oh, thank you so much again, Danny, for being here. You. A big hug to you. I love you very much. The community loved you. Building better communities. Again, Be Strong International, we cannot do it without you. And to all of you out there, thank you so much for joining On Point with Rachel Turgeman tonight. Please remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel, On Point Rachel Turgeman. And remember that if you have perseverance, faith, knowledge and clear communication you will live a much happier and healthier life god bless you be safe and stay healthy bye bye for now no you're good